Thank you for listening to the weekly podcast from San Jacinto Assembly of God in Amarillo, Texas. If you'd like to know more about our church, visit us online at www.sjag.church. Now here's this week's message. We got your Bibles this morning. Turn with me to Luke chapter 21, verse 28. It says, Now when these things begin to happen, look up and lift your heads, because your redemption draws near. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, this morning we thank you, God, for each individual that is here, God, today, and those that are watching online. And Father, we pray, just as you've been in the midst of us, God, during praise and worship, Lord, that when it comes to this moment in the service of of opening up your word, we pray, God, for your unction, your anointing to fall. And Lord, that you will stir our hearts, God, this morning with these passages of scriptures that we'll be looking at today. Lord, that you will stir us toward we will be ready for you, Lord, in your second coming, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, as we read Luke 21, it parallels with Matthew chapter 24 and also Mark chapter 13. If you've read any of those, those, these passages all flow together and they speak of certain things. All three passages, Jesus shares in these passages of scriptures events that will happen before his second coming. And these chapters discuss many things that are going to take place before that that second coming of the Lord Jesus. In this verse, Jesus discusses many things or tells us, and he says, when you see these things starting to happen, it's for us to look up. And the scripture that I read to start with, for our redemption draweth nigh. When we see these things, he said. I was visiting uh, last week with Pastor Billy Nickel at, at First Family the other day, and our conversation turned toward things that are happening now in our time frame that we're living in. And our conversation when we was talking about this caused me to look up, thinking upon this scripture that I'm sharing with you this morning. Now when you see these things, these things begin to happen, look up and lift your heads, because your redemption draweth nigh. Just the conversation that I was having with him caused me to look up. And I'm not talking about this, I'm talking about looking up toward heaven and thinking about things that are about to happen in these things. Thus my title, you'll see, is for the next three weeks is something made me look up. And for the next three weeks I'm going to be preaching that title about something that's going on in this time frame that we're living in that causes me to look up toward heaven. Because how many believe Jesus is coming soon? Let me say it again. How many believe Jesus is coming soon? And I'm thinking there's things that are happening now among us that should cause us to look up. It should cause every Christian to start looking up and realizing that our redemption draweth nigh because of the things that are happening in this world that we see today. So in the next three weeks, I'm going to be aiming at those type of messages about what's going on in our world today that would cause us to look up and say, my Lord, hallelujah, it's just about to hear the trumpet sound and Gabriel's putting it up to his lips and we're going to see our king, hallelujah, come back one day soon. Because friend, I believe it's on speaking clearly that we are running out of time. Very clearly. 
So this morning I want you to also turn to Revelations chapter 13. And we're going to look at some things in that, that passage of Scripture, that chapter today. Revelations chapter 13, verses 1 and 2, we'll start with. It'll be on the screen. It says this, Then I stood on the sand of the sea, and I saw a beast rising up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and on his horns ten crowns, and on his heads a blasphemous name. Now the beast which I saw was like a leopard. His feet were like the feet of a bear. And if you go back into Daniel, he'll explain this same, same uh, uh, vision of the, this beast. In his mouth like the mouth of a lion, and the dragon gave him power, his throne, and great authority. Revelations 13, 7, 9, again, it'll be on there. It says, It was granted to him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And authority was given him over every tribe, tongue, and nation. Talking about the beast that come up out of the sea. Authority was given him over every tribe and every nation in the world. All who dwell on earth will worship him, whose names have not been written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world, which speaks of Christ. If anyone has an ear, let him hear. Now listen to that. It's kind of a, a defining moment. If you look in the first three chapters of the book of Revelation, it says, He that has an ear, let him hear what Christ says to the churches. Now notice in this passage, it does not say what he says to the churches. The church is out of here by then. And then in Revelation 13, verses 11 and 14, I saw another beast coming out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb and spoke like a dragon. And he, he exercises all the authority of the first beast and in his presence and causes the earth and those who dwell in it to worship the first beast, beast whose deadly wound was healed. He performs great signs so that even, he even makes fire come down from heaven on the earth and in the sight of men. And he deceives those who dwell on the earth by those signs which he was granted to do in the sight of the beast, telling that those who dwell on the earth to make an image to the beast who was wounded by the sword and lived. Verses 16 and 17. And he causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or on their foreheads that no man or no one may buy or sell except one who has the mark of the beast or the number of his name. Now I read all of that to get to that verse, and we'll get there here in just a few moments. I want to look at some things. Let's look at some, let's look at some notable things about this chapter that I have just read. In that chapter, those verses I just shared with you, we have the unholy trinity mentioned in those verses. Not so sure if you've caught it or not, but we have in verse 2, it mentions this character named the dragon. We also have a reference to him in, in verses 12 and, and, and 9 where it speaks, So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old called the devil and Satan who deceives the whole world. He was cast to the earth and his angels were cast out with him. 
when you look at this passage of Scripture, there's that unholy trinity, and the first one in that trinity that's spoke of is the dragon himself. And when it talks about the dragon, it's talking about the devil. Some people say the devil's not a real character, but I beg to differ with you because the Bible has plenty to say about the devil and the dragon or one person or one being. And so we find that is the first one. He... He is the power behind the whole rebellion that's fixing to take place against God. You want to know what motivates them? If you ever wonder what motivates evil people, it's the devil. The evilness that he represents, and he is going to be the power behind this whole scene that's going to take place. He is the master of deception. I'm going to tell you, you don't realize how much he has deceived mankind over the centuries and thousands of years. It was deception that got you and I into this problem. He deceived Eve and he's been deceiving people ever since then. And he's going to do it at the end of the world in such a way that there's going to be a mass rebellion against God and everything that represents God. He's part of this unholy trinity. The next one that you read in that same passage is the Antichrist. Verses 1 through 10, when it talks about that beast coming up out of the sea, it's actually referencing to the Antichrist and him coming at that moment in this tribulation time. You know, there's been a lot of talk about this person over the years. Many world leaders have been called the Antichrist by those who are in the know. Yet they were wrong. Many people have been called the Antichrist, but yet they're in the grave today. They twist things such as 666 and try to fit people's names and decode it and say, this is him. How many of you know it was said that Bill Clinton was the Antichrist? Any president that we don't like, we say he's the Antichrist. Basically, it's been twisted and, and, and people preach the message and yet we find that He will not appear until we are out of here. If you look at 2 Thessalonians, He will not appear on the scene to where people will know who He is until the church is raptured out of this place. So we find here a very clear picture of Him coming up out of the scene, which it means that He's coming from the nations across the scene. He is empowered by the devil, the Satan, the dragon. His power will come from the devil himself. The heads and the horns and, and crowns that are on him represent nations that he will rule in power over. When he arrives on the scene, he will have authority. He will have power over different nations. And if you get right down to the prophetic word of it, it talks about ten nations that will come under his authority and they will reap havoc upon this world. Is when it talks about the Antichrist. Another person that we find in this very same thing of that unholy trinity is that second beast that starts in verse 11 that, that comes from earth. It talks about a false prophet is what he's talking about, that last false prophet that will arise. And, and listen, it says he has the voice of the dragon. In other words, he has the, the voice of the, or the uh, Satan himself, who is the master of deception. This guy, this false prophet, is going to have so much charisma about him that he's going to be able to lead people to worship the Antichrist. He is going to be the voice in the mouth of the devil to do, to do his purpose and cause upon the earth at that moment and in that time. 
the false prophet. He will cause people to follow the Antichrist, and he will be also working by the power of the devil himself. This is that unholy trinity. I want you to notice in this passage scripture also the timing of this event. Revelations 13, 5 through 6, it says, He was given a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies, and he was given authority to continue for 42 months. Then he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God to blasphemy his name, his tabernacle, and those who dwell in heaven. <coughs> if you do the math, 42 months is three and a half years into the tribulation is when this is going to take place. And for three and a half years, this guy, this prophet, and the Antichrist are going to cause problems upon this planet Earth. See, this is not the first appearance, though, of the Antichrist. The majority of Bible scholars will tell you, if you look at chapter 6, verse 2, and you see that person riding the white horse, that is the first time you see the Antichrist in the middle of the, tribu or in the, in the tribulation. You'll find, if you do enough studying, you'll find out that the Antichrist and the false prophet will not really be doing a whole lot of problem stuff in the first three and a half years of this seven-year period. But at, the, at this moment that we're reading, at this moment, we find that this timing of this is when he is going to rise to his power. He's going to show his true colors of who he is and what his purpose is. His agenda will come out. How many of you have ever been with somebody and, and they treat you really nice and, and treat you really good and, and all of a sudden they show you the reason why they were doing that to take advantage of you? This will be no different with the Antichrist and the false prophet the first three and a half years of the tribulation. They're going to be somebody that really looks like world leaders have got the best interest for the world. When it talks about he will heal one of those, one of those nations or one of those... Uh, uh, heads that have been injured, it talks probably about a nation that had been really damaged and he comes in and he steps in and that nation comes back to power. And all will trust him say, this guy knows what he's doing. And so it talks about that. But at, at the end, or at the middle of this tribulation, his full colors come and he says, oh, you know, have you ever thought about that person? Well, I never thought they would act like that. And this is exactly what happens with the Antichrist. He's been a really a nice guy until then, and now he shows forth his true colors. He only has three and a half years left on planet Earth. And he shows his true colors. And the first thing he does not like, he does not like Israel, the apple of God's eyes. He sets himself up in the temple to be worshipped like God. The abomination. And so we find all this taking place here. You'll find another thing in this passage. One religion, one world religion is implemented. Revelation 13, 4, it says, So they worship the dragon who gave authority to the beast, and they worship the beast, saying, Who is like the beast? Who is able to make war with him? Worship the enemy. Revelation 13, 8, all who dwell on earth will worship Him. Listen to that. How many? Who? It says all will worship Him. Who? The Antichrist. One world religion. 
Come on, keep up with saying, next week I'll talk a little more about that. But I'm going to say today that their purpose is to get everybody to worship the Antichrist. Well, that sounds familiar, doesn't it? Our purpose is to get everybody to follow Christ. Come on, have you ever realized the devil tries to do the complete opposite or the same thing but in an unholy way? And so their purpose, it says, all who dwell on earth will worship him whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. In verse 12, and he exercises all authority of the first beast in presence and causes the earth and those who dwell in it to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. This will be the climax of devil worship on earth. Come on, some of us are blown away when we find out that the, 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 they can have devil worship in the same sanctuary in the prisons that they worship God in. I'm saying you're just seeing a little pre, precursor of what's going to take place on this earth when the church is removed out of it. The purpose and the aim of the Antichrist and the false prophet is that everyone will worship the Antichrist. It says all will worship him. And it will literally be a very satanic world at that time. Those who were saved by the preaching of the 144,000 will more than likely have to give their life in this period for them to make it to heaven. The saints that were martyred during the tribulation. And another thing that we find in this passage of Scripture, the mark of the beast will be executed at that time. The mark of the beast. May I remind you this morning as I'm preaching this, this is in the middle of the tribulation. That's good for you to know as a Christian. I, I don't, right now, I don't care how bad it is, we're not in the middle of the tribulation. The tribulation is going to be way worse than anything that we've ever seen on planet earth. This is in the middle of the tribulation. The rapture has taken place three and a half years prior to this moment. The false prophet will be promoting this action for the Antichrist, making you take, making them take the mark of the beast. Remember, he's the master's, he's, he has the master's tongue who his master is the master of deception. And he will cause this to happen. What does that tell me? People will be willing to take that mark. People will be willing to take that mark. Now you may say, if this all happens, after the church is raptured, why should it make me look up? Because we'll already be up, right? Hope all of us will be up by then. All of us will be in heaven by this. If this is going to take place after, why should this make me look up? I want to give you a reason this morning. The advancement of technology should make the Christian look up. The advancement of technology should be making us look up. Now what I just described to you is that scene in the midst of the, the tribulation, but let me tell you something, is that some of the things that are happening should be making us look up right now because of what's going on in our time in the 
frame that we're living. Let's start with the mark of the beast. Let's start with that. Man, I, I've heard a lot of things about the mark of the beast. I've heard a lot of them. I'm going to tell you, I'm, I can't take the mark of the beast on this side of the tribulation. Because the mark does not go out until mid-tribulation. But I've heard a lot of people. Listen, how, how could this ever have worked 40 years ago when you talked about the mark of the beast? There would have been a, a concept that we could never even thought of 40 years ago. How could a whole population be regulated by purchasing necessities of life and just by one mark? We never could have thought of that 40 years ago. Let me read you an article here that out of the industry tap written by David Schilling. The host went on to say that not only is human knowledge, talk about, talking about knowledge just for a moment, not only is human knowledge on average doubling every 13 months, we are quickly on our way with the help of the internet to, to the doubling of knowledge every 12 hours. Every 12 hours, knowledge is starting to double. You say, okay, but let me tell you something right quick. And this article says, to put it in context, in 1900, human knowledge doubled approximately every 100 years. Every 100 years, our knowledge would double. By the end of 1945, the rate was every 25 years. The knowledge doubling curve, is, as is commonly known, was created by Buck's minister Fuller. And, and it talked about every 25 years, but now it's coming to that point that knowledge is doubling every 12 hours. This morning, I don't know what time you got up, but knowledge is almost doubled by the time you've got up already. In the time that we're living, why? Because the internet, the connection of everybody today on this earth, and it's doubling that quick. It's how fast things are happening. Did you know in Daniel chapter 12 verse 4 it says this, But you, Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book until the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge will increase. Now, I'll, I'll, I'll grant some of the scholars will say that's in content of the revelation of Daniel, but I want to tell you something today. We are seeing knowledge double and go forth in such a a way that we could never expected it to happen the way it's happening today. Knowledge is doubling. Talk about the mark of the beast. First, let's talk about the human microchip implants. I was reading an article from The Hill. It was written by Zanna uh, Smith. It says today more than 50,000 people have elected to have a subdermal chip surgically inserted between the thumb and the index finger, and it serves as their new swipe key. And it also serves as a credit card if they want it to be a credit card. What are you talking about? Putting a microchip right here. And you don't have to carry a wallet. That's nice. I hate carrying a wallet. And I just go and put that, tap it on the deal, and I've paid. That technology has been around for quite some time. The microchip. You've seen it in your animals where you can go have a microchip put in your pet and they can scan that microchip and know that that pet belongs to you. 
where you live and, and all the things that you want to know about the microchip, it's there. In Germany, for example, more than 2,000 Germans have opted to receive these implants. Insights on digital payment trends in Europe, listen to this, is 51% of the approximately 2,000 respondents said that they would consider getting a chip implant to pay for their services. 51% of the people they interview says we would consider doing that. We're talking about how can the mark of the beast be a reality? I'm telling you today the technology that we have today can bring that in. It can happen just like that. Microchips offer alluring benefit of convenience and mobility, but they carry some potential problems with security. Once they figure all that out, it's going to be there. Microchips. How can you all get a mark of the beast? How can, how can the world get that mark and it control them from buying and selling? I'm going to tell you, the technology is there. Another thing is out there today, and this is fairly new, that's happening. Elon Musk's brain chip, Neuralink is what they call it, has received FDA, FDA approval for America to start human clinical trials. Trial patients will have a chip surgically placed in the part of their brain that controls their intention to move. I'm, this is not Star Wars stuff. This is now. This is happening in our country today. And if it's happening in our country, they're already experimenting in other countries with this same thing. Talking about how can the mark of, be, of the beast be a reality? See, there's no telling how, how this will play out in the long run. One representative from Israel was speaking of the fact that if we can get all this stuff happening, we can tell Johnny what to think, when to think it, where to go, and what he shouldn't even think about anymore. That's pretty amazing. This, what they're calling the brain chip. One person was talking about if we don't want you to think about God, We'll make it where you can't think about God. Where's this? This is in 2023. Remember, we're talking about the mark of the beast. Things that would make you look up. Thirdly, let me talk about another thing. It's digital money. Our world changes more and... and as our world changes more, our country literally is leaning more toward digital currency. And that more or less says this, that you cash in your hand, you can't use it. I had a person tell me the other day, Taco Bell is fixing to go totally cashless. If you're going to buy anything at Taco Bell, you're going to be using some form of digital way of doing it. Credit card, or your bank card. This is on the horizon in our country that we live in right now. This all may sound great and convenient, but it will surrender when this all takes place. It will surrender, because I've done some studying on this, it will, surrender, uh, it will surrender the control of our funds to one central bank in this country. Digital money, when it goes that way. It will surrender it all to one. It would be easy to lock our funds out. Think about this for a moment. 
If we go totally digital and they say, we don't want America to drink 64-ounce sodas anymore. What a shame. And they put on there, he can't buy a 64-ounce soda. And you go to ring it up and they say, nope, that won't go through. I'm just saying today, when we talk about digital money, I'm not trying to scare you. I'm trying to say we may want to look up because our salvation is drawing nigh. And I'm to tell you, it's on that front. There's already, our, our treasury has the ability to go digital already. All they have to do is get it passed in the right area of Congress and they can say from here on out. And they can say it's all with the benefit of getting drug money to come in, getting all this money to be cashed in so that we'll know where everybody's at. But I'm saying today, when they get the control of it in one central bank, they can control a population. They can control a population. The U.S. can implement this currency at any time as soon as it gets passed by the Congress. Senator Ted Cruz is leading the charge against such action. Go read what he's saying. See, the truth is this. Technology is in place for such transitions. It's there. And all this, all the technology for the mark of the beast is where? Is it in 2035? No, it's in 2023. The ability to do that as they perfect it to come along. Fourthly, you know, this is more than just what you call on. This thing tracks your ever move just about. How many have been blown away when you talk about, well, I already get that, and all of a sudden you start getting ads of what you just said. Come on, this, this is called a smartphone. It's more than just smart for you and I. It's smart for them also. It knows exactly where I'm standing right here. It's probably recording this message. I'm just saying today, this cell phone is a powerful tool in, in, in the future. Not just for you, but for them also. You can see now in 2023 what could they, you know, what previous generations could not see. You can see it where we're living today, what those 50 years ago would have never thought it was possible. My friend, let's not pass the moment that we are in and start to realize what we are seeing that develops that goes along with this book and how this book can be implemented into what God has spoke of in Revelations because of what we see in the time frame that we're living in. I'm saying today, yes, it's great to have a lot of technology and a lot of these things, but also it will be those technologies, those tools that will help everything to come to pass. Everything to come to pass. That's written in this word. And it is possible of controlling a person with a mark that you can't eat. You say, well, I've got, I've got tons of gold stored up. I'll just go to Walmart with that. Guess what? They don't accept it. You can say, well, I'll use this or that. Guess what? They won't accept it. I'm just saying the possibilities. Is it the possibility that the mark of the beast could be a reality to those remaining on the earth? Yes, it could be because of the technology we see today. What about the world seeing the witnesses lying dead on the street? 
If you know anything a little bit about the book of Revelation, there's two witnesses that show up about this time. About the time the enemy, the devil starts to say, hey, he's all powerful. God sends these two witnesses. There's a lot of debate who they are. Some say Enoch and some say Elijah because those two didn't die. I can't tell you for sure exactly who they are, but I can tell you this much. They torment the devil. I like that part about them. Amen? You know, how many of you got a friend that just gives somebody a hard time and you like it? Well, this is the same thing that happens when these two witnesses show up. They start to give the enemy a hard time. He sets himself up in the temple. and They say, ah, I don't think so. Fire comes down. They go after him. Fire comes down from heaven, consumes them. And they have power on the earth for a thousand, I believe it is 82 days or somewhere around there. No, 1260. I'll get it right. But the thing is this. It's... They, at the end of it, it says there's, there's a, a beast that's led up out of the bottomless pit and he comes and he's able to overcome them. And the Bible talks to the fact that they're laid out in the streets and the Bible says the whole world sees them. Now 50 or 60, 70 years ago, we would have never figured how could the whole world see them. Have you heard something called live stream today? Come on, just as I'm preaching right now at 1146, people are hearing me at 1146. And some of them I find are listening in Africa and different places. There's no time factor in, 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 in this very thing we call live stream. These two guys that have tormented the devil, the false prophet and the antichrist, they get overcome. They're laid out in the street. They're all, the Bible says, they're celebrating so much that they're sending gifts to one another. They're dead. They're dead. We got the world. And all of a sudden the Bible says breath comes into them and they rise up and go up into heaven and fear comes upon all of them. Technology is here today for that. Technology that God, listen, man has nothing unless God unveils it, and when God unveils it, it is for His purpose. And we find at that moment, they see everything. Come on, this should make us look up. Because our redemption draweth nigh. Listen, over the years, I've had many articles, books and clippings handed to me to read. I get a lot. One of them, maybe the Antichrist is revealed. I'm thinking, no, he's not. One says, the mark of the beast is the computer. It may help, but it's not. 666 has been decoded. No, it hasn't. But I must tell you what we are seeing in our technology world today is one of the signs that Jesus is coming for His church soon and very soon. Everything is in order for Him to come. We should be looking up because our redemption is drawing nigh. I'm not getting bent out of shape about the technology. I will use it to my benefit as of for right now. But I am not going and crawling into some corner because things look like things are getting ready. I'm telling you today, we need as a church to be celebrating and rejoicing because things are happening in such a way that Jesus, our Lord, who our King and our Lord is coming back soon. Amen. He is all the way. 
I don't care if they take all my money. They won't get much. I'll be at your house. If you know how to can food, I'm coming over. God will take care of His. But the thing is this, it shouldn't depress us. It shouldn't bend us out of shape when our government's acting like they are and our country's acting like they are and the world's doing what they're doing. We should be rejoicing because Jesus is on the horizon. Hallelujah. And He's coming soon. Hallelujah. At that moment, in Genesis 11, I'm just about finished because... I don't want to preach long since we got food. <laughs> Genesis chapter 11, verses 6 and 7. And the Lord said, I indeed, indeed the people are one, they have one language, and this is what they begin to do. Nothing that they propose to do will be withheld from them. Come, let us go down and there confuse their language that they may not understand one another's speech. It's called the Tower of Babel. Notice what he says. They become one, one language, and there's nothing that they won't be able to do. You know what happened at that very moment? If you know your Bible, God came down and he scrambled their language. And he dispersed them throughout the whole world. And that's why you had the different tribes and all the, how did the, how did the Indians get over here? That God dispersed that was supernatural. Just as much as God created heaven and earth, he went down and scrambled their language and dispersed them. What did he do it for? Because he said if they all remain one, there's nothing that they won't be able to do. I'm going to tell you this today, whether you know what the internet does or what the, the Facebook, all this stuff, live stream, that brings the whole world into one. That's one of the reasons knowledge is starting to double every 12 hours is because the network that the world has today, what you may have a thought over here, there's someone else in Japan has a thought that will add on to it and there's someone in Africa that has another thought that will add into it and they start to create things that we did never could have imagined. Isn't it amazing how much of the fictional uh, TV shows we see are real now? Come on, Get Smart used to talk out of his phone. Remember that? Or on his watch. All those, come on. And, and was it Buck Rogers? No, not Buck Rogers. Who was the, was he a space guy? Okay. Went to the moon. <laughs> That's way before my time. <laughs> they didn't imagine how all that things, when guys, men start thinking on these things and their minds open up, how it comes to pass. Why do I think Jesus is coming soon? Because there's a point that God says, enough technology, they've got all they need, it's time to interrupt man one more time, and I will send my son, the Lord Jesus Christ, and get my church out of that place, and I will finish and bring Israel back to me in seven years, and I will bring on the years of the millennium thousand, and they will rejoice and worship me for eternity. Time is short. You say, well, a preacher preached about his comings a hundred years ago. I'm going to tell you, that preacher didn't see what we're seeing today. I got commentators, commentary books in my office that never seen Israel come to be a nation. And what they said about it and what they had an ideal of is not right because they didn't see what we see. I'm going to finish with this verse. Hebrews 9, verse 28. 
And I think we should never forget this verse. So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many. And listen to what it says. Unto them that look for him, he shall appear the second time without sin unto salvation. Can I tell you this morning, something in my conversation with Billy Nickel, I love that guy, something in that conversation that day made me look up and say, my redemption troth nigh. We don't just need to go through this world and all the things that we're doing. I know we're busy. But my prayer for you today and thought for you today is maybe something during the day would make you stop. Maybe something would cause you to look up and think, my Jesus is coming soon. Because see, He is. Pastor, if you'll come. He's coming soon. I, I know we live, in, and, and that's another thing I'll talk about next week. We live in a world that just about in our country especially says there's no such thing as a rapture. There's no such thing as Jesus. There's no such thing as heaven or hell. All this stuff. But I'm going to tell you, it doesn't matter what they think. It does not change the facts of who Christ is. And it's easy, it's easy to listen to all the false prophecies and the false things said. And it's confused our young people to thinking, well, I'll just choose my way. I'm going to tell you the Bible. It's not what happens in that Bible does not depend on whether I believe it or not. Come on, it's not my opinion whether it makes it right or not. The fact is, it is right. It is true. There is not an error in it. Everything that God has said, it doesn't, I don't have to believe Jesus is coming for Jesus to come. Jesus is going to come. I don't have to believe there's going to be a mark of the beast. The mark of the beast is coming. And I don't have to, I, you know, it ain't, it's not up to me. I thank God that through the grace of God, His Holy Spirit coming upon me, He revealed and I believe by faith what the Bible says. I'm gonna, it's been a, around much longer than those in our leadership in this country. It's been around much longer than our nation itself. And we're trying to rewrite and say it's not right. I'm going to tell you today by faith and by what I know, the Bible is right. So if you're young in this house this morning and you're letting people confuse your mind and say you can choose your way, I'll tell you this morning, you cannot choose your way. Well, let me rephrase that. You can choose Jesus. You can choose Jesus. Say, how you know, Pastor? I'm going to tell you, I've walked with him a while. I know when he's by my side. I know he's when he's carrying me. His word is true. It's Come on, they have stacked, literally. Other generations have stacked these things up. Burn them. Thought they got rid of the message. But yet here I got one. And I got several more in my office. His word prevails. His word prevails. Something made me look up. I know there's a lot of things going on in church today. We're fighting over lights and we're fighting over all kinds of stuff, just stupid stuff. Come on, the devil's happy to keep us from looking up. Jesus is coming. You know why he wants to keep us sidetracked? You may, you, you know, make it, but you know what? He wants everyone. The Lord wants 
that neighbor to make it. He wants your children to make it. He, he, and he wants all of that. Something happened to make me look up. Come on. I hope the next time you grab your cell phone, you think, hmm, Jesus is coming. Next time you hear something about digital money, Jesus is coming. Next time you hear something about a microchip they're going to place in your head, think Jesus is coming and you're not catching me. I'm just saying, sometimes we just go through and we don't think nothing about it. Man, we're tech-savvy people and we know all this. But let me tell you, it's going to be used for a tool. Every head bowed just for a minute. If you're here this morning, this is very simple. If you're here this morning and you're are not ready to meet Jesus if he was to come. I want you to have an opportunity this morning to get things right with God. You've been fighting it, but now you're going to get things right. You want to surrender your life to the Lord. I want to ask you right now, just raise your hand, just nice and just really get, just raise your hand just for a moment. Raise your hand just for a moment so that I can see it. Amen. Anybody else would just raise their hand and say, I just want to make sure things are right with me and God. I, the Lord's been working on my heart. I'm not doing this out of fear this morning. I'm doing, let me tell you, Jesus died for you that you may have life. He died to cover your sin. He, he, he paid the price for it. He paid the price upon Calvary's heel. And he says, if you will just but receive me and confess me as your Lord, I will be your Savior. 